What is the first step when you want to heal from your eating disorder? And what's interesting is that because I'm so open about my own history with eating disorders um, that's ranged from anorexia and bulimia and restrictive eating, I've had several friends and students who are like, oh, I've never, I've never been that bad. Um, there, there's a, a certain idea that we have around what an eating disorder is and what an eating disorder isn't. And you know, what's interesting is that you know, when they hear me do talks about it or um, you know, I've, I've written a, a manual and a book on it, suddenly they're like, well, wait a minute. You know, maybe, maybe there is something there for me. Because for those of you who don't have an eating disorder, although it seems to manifest this compulsion around eating or not eating food, not having the ability to control oneself around food or having such a, a strong self-restrictive will that you don't eat certain foods and that, that the entire focus is around harming the body or making the body smaller or all of it being this, 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 this all about the looks. And, and really, the deeper question that we get to ask ourselves when we start to go underneath what's really here in our inability to allow ourselves to just eat food, to eat on a regular level, to not manipulate, to not restrict, to not judge ourselves, but to really allow ourselves to have an appetite. It really is our relationship with, you know, how much do I actually want to be here? on this planet and due to various reasons why we may not want to be here. You know, it, it can be old trauma, it can be growing up in a controlling environment, but, but it's, it's really not just, although media uh, for sure and also the diet industry spends billions of dollars every year to make sure that everyone knows that there's something wrong with them. And that the, the only solution to really having a really happy life is if you look this one certain way. And if you start to look through the ages, you know, and I'm talking centuries, you know, the, the ideal body type, and I am speaking more about women, um, just because that's where I'm, I'm more familiar, but the ideal body type, and, and it does go for men as well, is always the one that's hardest to achieve. So you know, for when we were way back when, when food was more scarce, you know, having the ability to have a bigger, more fleshy body, that was, that was beauty. And, and there are certain paintings where the women in, in, our, in our eyes these days, you know, a woman would, would be big, but actually where women were considered to be even too small as models. I spent some time when I was uh, 20 years old. I lived in Niger, West Africa. And 
still there. The beauty was being a larger woman. And, and women kind of looked at me like, why are you so small? <laughs> you just don't look good. And there actually is in the Zarma tribe something called the, the fat ceremony where um, every year, you know, the, the woman that basically ends up being the largest is the most beautiful. And the way that they gauge this is that the, I mean, of course, there's going to be some, <laughs> there's a lot of different layers going on here, that, as I'm about to say it. So the, the wealthy man, he's wealthy because it means that his wife doesn't need to work. She can stay at home. And so the women that can stay at home have the time to just lounge around and fatten themselves up with this like sugary rice milk drink. And at the end of the year, I'm sure they do other things too. At the end of the year, they all come out for this big like ceremony and dance. And it's like this buffalo dance. And so the, the woman that the that that <laughs> resembles the buffalo the most, she's the most beautiful one. And you know, and, and I'm saying this because you can already consider, you know, that, that different cultures also revere different body types for various reasons. And I'm not saying that one is good and one is bad, but there's this thing that's trapping all of us that we need to be a certain way. And usually it's the opposite of however we really are, you know, and our, and our greatest superpower is how can we be ourselves? How can we come back to our own essence? And so if we're really looking at our relationship, you know, for those of you who struggle with anorexia, constant dieting, constant dieting, restriction, bulimia. And, and bulimia, uh, just it's, it's not just throwing up after meals. It can be over-exercising. It can be taking laxatives. And in... It also can just be, and this is just isn't bulimia, but, but with eating disorders, it can be erratic eating. So you can be someone who binges a lot sometimes, and then you starve yourself other times, and, and then you purge other times, right? Like no one ever really stays in one category. But the, the deeper thing, you know, no matter what the relationship of food is, and if you really study it, I mean, now, um, you know, because we like to categorize things, like we there are so many ways to have an, an, a disorder with food, but it really is the denial of self and the betrayal of self. I remember the year after my, my brother died, I, I had relapsed back into my uh, eating disorders because a part of me just didn't want to be here. I was so in grief and there was almost a part of me that wanted to join him. I missed him so much and it turned my entire reality and relationship with God like on its head. And I, I, it just made me question everything. And it, it was actually one of the most beautiful, while it, the most sorrowful years, it was one of the most beautiful years. And I remember it was, it was a really deep year process of grieving. You know, it took, it took longer than that, but the, the strongest time was the first year. And I remember coming out of a, a ceremony and, and they always have this, an array of beautiful food um, to eat after ceremony. And usually I would just walk by the table and, and just go take a shower and go to bed. But this time, 
I remember I, I just paused at the table and I decided to eat. And, and it wasn't just eating food. It was like, I decided in that moment, I want to be here. I want to participate in life. I'm tired of having one leg here, one leg elsewhere. I really want to be here. And so it was almost like this act, like a sacrament where I would just, I, there were dates. I love dates. And I, I, I remember just putting them in my mouth and just that, that sweetness. Oh, there was chicken. There was, there was, there was hummus. There was, it was like a smorgasbord of everything and, and just the best bread. I think there was some really good cheese there. And, and really allowing myself the pleasure. And I, I, was, I was in this place. I was in Mexico for a few more weeks. And, you know, I, I suddenly went from someone who was, you know, quote unquote fasting. Fasting, for those of us who, who are either have a history of anorexia, dieting, or, or restrictive eating, like a really a great way to, to, to keep ourselves in that disorder is, is that we're fasting. You know, we, we like to fast a lot or we like to detox. So I, I really kind of turned my experience on its head that once I decided I really want to be here, I spent that next week just eating beautiful meals and not binging, but just being, being with friends and taking time to have long meals and really enjoying the textures and tastes of all the food and allowing pleasure. Because, you know, why did we incarnate in this body? You know, it wasn't just to work really hard. It wasn't to save money. It wasn't to, to suffer, even though there's a lot of suffering. You know, why did we really come here? Why did we really come here? And when I say pleasure, it's, it's not the hedonistic pleasure. It's not the pleasure that you're going to regret. It's the, it's the pleasure that where you're like, I'm alive and I'm so present with this moment and it is taking over all of my senses. And, and, it's, and it's even a very simple, simple moment, but there's so much gratitude in me. And this gratitude isn't something where you're like, I need to have a gratitude journal and, and I'm, I'm trying to do a gratitude practice. It's not something that you're forcing. It's like, I can't help myself but be grateful because of this pleasure of being alive. And as simple as it sounds, our relationship with, with pleasure can be very complicated and twisted and, and almost sorrowful because we might be numbed out in some way. We may not think that we deserve pleasure. We may not even know what brings us pleasure. We might have fear around pleasure. And The two main things that I really work with people when they come to me to heal from their eating disorders is you know, we start to like build pleasure in. And part of it is how do we start to be able to meet our old meet the pain that we're still carrying? How do we start to feel safe and feeling? But even before we do any of that, even before we do any of that, because usually when, when we walk in the room and we have we're struggling with our our food. You know, that, that basic thing that's like, hey, I'm here. And, and when we're struggling with our body, so like the, the vehicle that takes us around on this planet, you know, there, there's a continual, without realizing it, 
a rejection of self that we're dealing with. So the main work that I always do, and for those of you who have studied with me before, you're not going to be surprised when I say this, but the main work that I do is grounding. And when I speak of grounding, you know, it might start with how do you, how do you, you know, start to feel safe enough to enter into your body. And, you know, I was just talking to someone today who was describing her first experience of being grounded where she was like, oh my God, I'm just so, I was so heavy and I, oh my God, I could just feel things. You know, it's almost shocking because I don't know about you, but for me, like I was, I thought I was in my body and then suddenly I got in my body and I was like, oh my God, like this is being in the body. And, and for those of you who are familiar with grounding, and if you don't, if you aren't, I'm just going to give you a preview. What's beautiful about it is that it's not like you arrive once. Like there, there's this deepening of presence. There's a deepening of being here, deepening of being in the body. There's new layers all the time. And so if we really make grounding our focus, that starts to bring up the question, you know, if we're really ready to heal from our eating disorder, you know, it's, it's a process. It's not a weekend thing. It's a process. We need to start to shift our focus from how do I get rid of things to how can I start to create more stability and support. Even how do I start to feel more safe? So when I talk about getting rid of things, you know, think about it, like, especially for those of you who are more on the bulimic or anorectic or the restrictive eating side, you know, your, your quick fix when things get uncomfortable is I'm just going to, you know, limit my food intake, limit what kinds of food I'm eating, um, limit, you know, suddenly maybe I'll, I'll go on a, a detox or a fast, but it's all about, you know, restriction in some way, which by the way, for my friends who, you know, tend to be more bulimic, or if you end up being a binge eater, it's not that you don't have willpower. It's that your body does want to, want to survive. Your body does want to eat. And so if you restrict long enough, at some point, thank God, your system will kick in and say, let's have some food. We, we got to be here, damn it. So it's actually an act of, of, of reaching for aliveness. So that's just a little bit of a side note, because for those of you who do struggle with binge eating, I'm curious if you also restrict in some way, in some way, because in some way your system's going to fight that. And, and the deeper thing is that we also want to begin to trust that it's safe for us to be ourselves. It's safe for you to be you. And also, things will not fall apart when you arrive as you. You're not going to become your worst nightmare. There's a deep terror in a lot of us that if we really let ourselves be ourselves, we're just not going to like it. And, and it's, it's, and, and, or maybe it's going to be something really bad. So those are some lies that we tell ourselves, and, and, and with time, we start to really pull the veil away of, of all the ways that we, for lack of better words, bullshit ourselves. But going back to grounding, you know, and, and really looking at, you know, just instead of trying to get rid of things. So even with, with 
with when we start to binge eat, we're trying to protect and we're trying to get rid of things. We're trying to get rid of our feelings. We're trying to numb out with, with purging. You know, it's the same thing. We're trying to get rid of something. We actually are searching for transformation. Like when we're restricting, when we're binging, when we're purging, it's actually a really warped way to try to get a handle on things. So you might realize by now that it, it isn't really working, you know, that you may already be at, you know, for those of you who, who've uh, starved yourself, you realize, oh my God, I'm never going to be the size I want to be. I'm never going to be good enough, right? Have you ever looked in the mirror and been like, hot damn, right? It might, maybe for a moment, but it goes away. How do you meet a life that is constant change? And where there's so much that you can't control, where's your power? So we're really looking at, instead of just trying to get rid of things, which includes trying to get rid of you. So when we have eating disorders, whether you're putting on weight or really rapidly losing it, you're hiding yourself. You're eradicating yourself. So how can you start to make space for yourself? What would an act of, of nourishment, of stabilization look like? You know, when we think about like the, the idea of recovery, you know, recovery, um, and, and although you might think of it in terms of like addiction terms, I'm actually thinking of recovery like when, you, when you're training at the gym and you're putting on a lot of muscle. Um, I, I, I do a lot of gymnastics and I need about three days of recovery. You know, if I do an intense practice, I, my system can't do it every day. And so there's that rest and recovery that's so important for, for the care. And that also will start to create some ground. So, you know, the next time that you're looking for, you know, a quick fast or a detox or a quick diet, you know, or, or some new exercise program. And, and movement's great, but, but it's the intention behind it. You know, when our intention is self-harm, that's not going to get us anywhere. And what if the real, real antidote is, how can you begin to make space for you? Instead of denying yourself, instead of dismissing yourself, instead of hiding yourself. And, and I, I, I do want to touch upon that, that there's, a, there's probably some deeper pain involved. And I'm just going to speak personally, you know, with my anorexia, that was my way to disappear. That was how I felt safe. With my bulimia, it was also the way to hide all my feelings. With my binge eating and when I got bigger, you know, that was also my way to disappear. It was, I was always looking for protection and always with ways to disappear. And so for some of us, there can be a compulsion where we, we disappear ourselves, we dismiss ourselves, we make the, the others around us maybe have more energy or, or more power. And, and we're dismissing ourselves. We don't allow ourselves to exist. And if we're going to put it into yogic terms, you know, I exist, the right to exist, you know, that's the human right of every single person on this planet, you included, you included. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious for you if there are other things beyond food where it's like, well, everyone else gets to have this, but I don't. You know, where does self-denial does self play a role 
in your life. And just in, in listening to my words, I, I know I've, I've shared a lot of different layers. And, and the invitation always is take what resonates and toss out the rest. But if there's, there's some, something in you that really is ready to, to step out of the restriction, you know, that, that's really ready to say, okay, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, to have a, for lack of better words, like a normal relationship with food, to start to live life again and to start to live as you. There is definitely a way. And there were times where I didn't think I would make it. There were times where I thought this would be my life forever. I definitely did not think that I would be fully recovered and actually loving food and loving my body and making the love for the body independent of the size, really accepting you know, how we are changeable and that, that the body is this beautiful or, oracle and portal to the universe. And I know I sound a little bit new age, so, so bear with me. But you know, there, there is some magic inside of you and there's a huge amount of power. And you can do this, you know, no matter what level of pain you're in, you, you can do this. So that's my invitation to you. And what if your practice right now is, what if I'm going to make space for myself? What if I'm going to allow myself to exist? What if I stopped self-harming? What if I allowed myself to really matter? What if I allowed my feelings to matter? What if I allowed my desires to matter? What if I allowed my dreams to matter? What if I allowed my self-trust to matter and opinions? What if you allowed yourself to really start to matter? And what if a really simple practice could be just to notice any moment when you might start dismissing yourself or degrading yourself in, in any way. You know, so the way you talk to yourself, the way you treat yourself. And what if, if just first just start with having awareness? That's huge. Because if we talk about grounding, a lot of times you'll know you're grounded because you're aware of yourself. You'll know that you're ungrounded because you're not aware of yourself. It's kind of hard to know that you're ungrounded because you're not aware of yourself, but you know what I'm saying. So if you are aware, that's something right there. And then just, just to allow yourself to ask the question, if, if you manage to catch it once a day, what would it be like to allow myself? What would it be like to welcome myself? What would it be like to care for myself? What would it be like to make space for myself? You deserve space here on this planet. We all need you to show up. That's why you came and we're all waiting. Sending you lots of love from Bali.